Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, episode 22 of the Rupert Wisconsin Show coming at you from the Mingy True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. A little bit of a different lineup this week. I'm Eric. As always, I'm here. As al- almost always, with a one-time exception, Ramsey's here. I wasn't even here on that one episode. You did just check it. wasn't here. Yeah. On my vacation, might add. Yeah. Unlike Justin, who just has a little, like, hurt expletive and... I don't know what at home. Justin texted us this morning that he was feeling under the weather. He was, I, I think his exact words were he was feeling pretty sick. So I don't know if he's got like the sniffles and can't talk because he didn't want to join us via Zoom. But I'm imagining that he is spending all of his day in the bathroom either puking or pooping his brains out or both. I hope that Justin is just faking it so that he can spend some time with his lovely family. Little sympathy morning sickness. Even though uh, his wonderful wife is probably well past that, I don't. I'm not really sure how the whole pregnancy thing works, but yeah, maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, but that's where Justin is. He is not joining us this week, so it is the Eric and Ramsey show. So that's either going to go really, really good or really, really bad. You'll tell us in the comments and messages, and we'll figure it out from there. So we start off a couple pieces of business here, like we always start off with. Raise energy, code root four. Uh, Raise Energy sponsored my hunting this weekend. I don't know if you saw that or not, Ramsey. I did. Um, Big game hunting. Brought down a turkey this weekend. I'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, they were they were behind me for hunting this morning. I had to get up at four in the morning, hit the woods at five. Raise Energy on the way to Surring. Life was good. Code Root Four. Repsports.com. Code Root Four. We also have a monkey knife fight going on, and as Ramsey pointed out, he had no idea who my picks were last night in our baseball contest. But guess what, Ramsey? I went two for two last night. I'm a little bit of a heater. Baseball's boring. That's they're fine. They're boring marketing, and their Hall of Fame is the worst Hall of Fame of all time. That's all fine, but I'm, I'm winning the people money. And I'm winning myself money. So, monkeyknifefight.com. Use our links. Play our contest. Play along with us or play against us. Might not want to play against me right now. Red hot. So, that's our typical business. And... We start off with every episode with what we had rooted for. This week, our what we rooted for is sponsored by Fanatics. Fanatics, using hashtag LoveOn, show your love for your favorite team. With LoveOn, you can be at all sorts of different levels of fandom, whether your team's at the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, mid-dynasty, or picking first in the draft because your team sucks. You still support that team. Fanatics Sports, code love, or hashtag LoveOn. Hashtag fanatics. Hashtag fanatics. Big so, get. Big get. Big get. So they are kind of our sponsor for what we're rooting for and what we're passionate about. I'll let you go first this week, Ramsey. So as always, I was rooting for a little bit of NASCAR this weekend at Darlington, which is personally my favorite track. It's up there, yeah. I think that it's uh, probably the hardest track on the cup circuit right now. I was also rooting for the Canelo fight. Excellent fight if you guys are going to see it. Canelo broke some guy's face. Okay. So, big win for Canelo Alvarez. Yeah. Who, and, you know, I haven't seen him fight since the Mayweather fight back in, oh, this was the other day, it was 2012, I believe, sure. was when Canelo fought Mayweather. So, if I'm wrong, you guys can correct me on that. But that was the last time I saw Canelo fight, and he wasn't as good as he is now. He is impressive to watch. So and only getting better, really. I mean, yeah. I've, I've watched very little boxing in my life. 
Uh, the first Canelo Triple G fight is the first, or really the first true boxing match I've ever mm-hmm. watched in my life. Definitely, I mean, definitely impressive. And knowing very little about the sport, I was able to follow along root for the guy. So, and I was I was pretty hyped too because I was able to get the fight for twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. A twenty dollar Saturday night fight. How did you do that? It was on some app. Nice. But I was able to stream it from the app right to the TV. Twenty dollars. Worth well worth the money. Twenty dollars yeah. of fun all day. Cannot complain about that no. one bit. Especially. Yeah, not these days anyway. Nope. So I'll I'll go with what I had rooted for, and a couple things here. Uh, one, rooting for myself a little bit, you know, heading out in the woods, like I said, turkey hunting. Crazy story. Um, you know, if you, if you see me in person, ask me about it, because I'm not going to talk about it here on the podcast. Let's just say I had to get a lab involved to track down a turkey. You don't usually see that. And What a the, good boy, though. Great girl. Good girl, Riley. What a good girl. Big time fan of that. I know Justin would probably say if he was here, he would he had the five k for his uh, nephew that was put on by his sister this weekend. The miles for well, miles. Thanks for the invite, Justin. I would have came and drove my car on the track or something. <laughs> I'm not expletive running a five k. A five k. I could if I had to. I would but. just donate the money. Just I mean, I wish Justin would have hit us up for that. But yeah, Justin, you piece of expletive. garbage. Yeah, piece of expletive. Yeah, he's not here to defend himself, so we probably should lay off him a little bit, but that's also not as fun. Yeah, but you could have invited us. We we would gladly have shown up to... I mean, I was definitely turkey hunting Saturday morning. Uh, but I could have showed up. You could have. Kids love rams. That is... For some reason. Accurate, yeah. Wildly weird. I don't know. Just no like clue. dogs, too, but... <laughs> so, yeah, so out in the woods, uh, 10.5-inch beard on the turkey. I got a 20-pound bird, uh, inch-and-a-quarter spurs. That's a pretty big bird. First time ever turkey hunting, awesome, you know, awesome job with my cousin Josh. He was out in the woods with me on Saturday morning. Great time. Uh, also, because I got done so early with that, I got to go to another Tim Brawler game on Saturday. So I was down there at the ballpark Saturday. Another big win for them. Who? Uh, Wisconsin Tim Brothers. Who's that? Division, uh, class high A baseball team for the Milwaukee Brewers organization. The feeder system, correct? Yes. Big so, win. Big win for them. They started off the season red hot. And then I guess we can talk about Spy Night at the Blizzard game. I mean, big win for the Blizzard. So they're off. They've won two of their last, well, two of their first three, I should say. Got that game ball from Ryan. We got an official Green Bay Blizzard Spy Night football that we'll have in the studio. That thing's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I, you know, I actually had a blast with Blizzard game. Yeah, no, I did too. I because I spent so. I don't think I've been to a Blizzard game now in probably ten years. Right. It's probably been less than that, but maybe not. Right. I'm getting old. Yeah, we Anyways. Are. So, I haven't been to Blizzard game in a long time. But it was super cool because you could watch plays develop. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much less going... Well, not less going on. But there's less players to watch. A narrower field. In a narrower field. And you have a better field of view. So, when they're running routes, you can watch routes develop across the field. And just well-run routes get rewarded. And it's just a different kind of football that I had a blast doing. Oh, yeah. Without it, the cool thing, so, I mean, indoor football, they have a two-man motion system, too. Yep, which is super cool. So you can kind of see, like, the plays develop even more because, you know, they'll do different... It's not just running to get a head start. They're doing different types of motions depending on the play design mm-hmm. and crossing routes and whatnot. You have a, a narrower field and shorter field. So your routes have to be really concise. Yep. So, yeah, big fan of that. You know, Ryan will be joining us at some point again. 
Uh, not this episode, though. This is just the Eric and Ramsey special. <laughs> you guys so, are so lucky. You really are. Uh, the last thing I would say, uh, another great weekend for NASCAR. Those, all, you know, the special throwback schemes that they had for just about everybody. Mm-hmm. Minus, I think, like Brad Keselowski and Kurt Busch. I think are the only two that I could think of off the top I of my head. I think Brad was doing a throwback. I'm not sure to who it was. Either way, though, I mean, it was a different sponsor. I think it's a new sponsor for him. It was Freightliner, I believe. Right. But, but yeah. Even Monster, though. Like, what's up with Monster not doing the throwbacks? I, I don't know. But it was just a very... I mean, they could have even just designed it. Like, the could have had, like, a different number, different paint. Well, you know, I wish Monster always do. I don't know why they don't do this. You know, they have the Monster Ultra. Mm-hmm. The Ultra... The zero. juice. The no, no, no the, the white. The zero calorie, yeah, yeah. the white can with the silver tooling on it. Right. How cool would that look on a race car? Well, that's... White with the silver number? That's just what I'm saying, though. I mean, they have so many opportunities. They have so many different can designs. And they just do the same black Same car. black and green and... Monster, you might be my nugget of the week. You guys Maybe. Suck. Maybe. you're not raise energy. It's true. Speaking that of raise true. energy, code, code root, root 4. four. <laughs> That's organic marketing for you. You see those segues? Yeah. That was segueing everywhere. That's right. So we'll go from the positives to the negatives. And as Ramsey said, nugget of the week. Ramsey, I'll let you go first. I think I'm going Monster. Okay. Do a throwback. NASCAR does the one throwback weekend that just throws homage to a sport that has such a wide history. A wide history of, for the most part, relatively really good people in the sport. You like, know what the cool? So just to kind of you know piggyback on that, I mean, it would have been so easy for William Byron, just for example, to run a Jeff Gordon scheme, but he went with a Neil Bonnet scheme. Yeah, exactly. that was so cool. We had two Alan Kowicki shoutouts. Three. Three. There was three. It was Chase. Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy, and there was one more. Of the car he drove his rookie year. Okay. The, so remember the Hardys scheme that everyone thought was Kale Yarbrough? Sure, yeah. That was actually Alan Kowicki's oh, that's right. You're right. first year that he was in Cup, drove a orange and white car, though, kind of like the Hardy scheme. Right. You know what the other thing about, so throwback weekend, it wasn't just shout-out to NASCAR drivers, like a past you know age. There was a couple of guys who actually like took their scheme and like based on like their modified car yeah. from like they were growing up. I think Ryan Blaney was one, Kyle Larson was one. I think Alex um, Bowman Alex ran Bowman. one that was on I think his crew chief's yep. modified car. So just all sorts of different stuff going on and I think that was really cool. So I'll, I'll definitely agree with you on that. So just a little bit of to my what I had rooted for and also just the fact that Monster had such especially Kurt Busch, I mean he wrecked out early. But you had such an opportunity to do something with that. It's just kind of like, why are you guys being that you, you way? You built your whole brand on unleashing the beast and all this stuff, and that's like their slogan, isn't it? Not, maybe. But you've, I don't, you've I built don't, your entire brand on. I don't drink mainstream energy drinks. Damn right. Nothing but raise energy. Code root four. Code root four. So that's your nugget of the week. I think so, and like I, I was going back to just one like. Because Monster's never really done a throwback scheme. So Kurt Busch hasn't done a throwback scheme since 2017 when he threw back to himself in 2002. But Monster, you got to be better than that, especially when you are the only one in the field that really didn't do a throwback. And I know this is like super... Nitpicky. Nitpicky, but like... And you're a great sponsor of the sport. So if you ever go to a race, Monster's always giving out free cans of garbage that I would refuse to put in my body for really any reason. But they they do support NASCAR, so I I can't rip on them too bad. But like, so I think that's back. the point though is like they they do so much for the sport, and then 
just crap out on the one weekend that they can really go hog wild on. Just on do, do something, something different. Just yeah. Be, be a little better than what you are. And I guess that's kind of what Familiar's for, right? Being better yeah. than what you really are. Like Tyler Hero. Or Monster. Code Report. Yeah. I've got a few niggas of the week here, and I'm going to. Oh, boy. Because Justin's not here. So I'm going to use multiple this week. So first, you two expletives. Give me all this crap for McChickens, which you isn't said you true. hated them. I did not say Off that. Off air, he said he hated them. I have eaten... He said that they were from the depths of hell and that he hoped all the McChickens would never come I back. I have eaten more McChickens this week. More people have asked me about McChickens probably this week than in the last 24 years of my existence. Well, maybe you shouldn't hate on McChickens. I will say this, though. just Justin did have something right that put the Mac sauce with the McChicken is a game changer. So I will give him that credit. The one positive thing we're going to say about Justin this week. Off, off air, though, Eric did say he hates my chicken. I did not say that I hate my chicken. Anyway, we're going to cut that line there. So a couple other things i got to give Noogies out to this week. Um, first, I'm going to go with the NFL. And as we'll talk about later in the episode, they had their schedule release day today on Wednesday. They make it to be this big primetime spectacle. Like, oh, check it out. It was all over the draft coverage. It was, you know, this is the day that for this. We're going to make it like they had like Madden logos and like Madden different things. Half the schedule was out before their primetime event. I don't know if that's more to blame on insiders and leaks or if that's just the NFL like wasting their own event. Either way. In the NFL's defense, how good are they at marketing? I mean, overall, pretty good. I'm not going to take away from the that. The NFL tonight, their schedule release would probably be the highest rated show that is on today. It'll outdo whatever's on today. The only two things that are probably close are Monday Night Raw and AEW. And it's going to... NXT, too. Any, any wrestling program, but yeah. Or it's wrestling, big uh, NXT, and I said Monday Night Raw, didn't I? Yeah, you did. So, but but, a, NXT's not even on Wednesdays anymore. anymore. But AEW is probably the biggest thing that's on tonight. And the NFL draft would probably double the views. Yeah, I can't... Or, yeah, I don't think there's any really good NBA games tonight now that I'm thinking about it, but yeah, either way. But even if there was an NBA game, it's not going to draw what the NFL does. No, you're absolutely right about that. But so, you know, kudos to them, but just kind of a darn shame that this is leaked out just all day. Like I said, I know it's, it was going to happen. That's how it always goes. But just to go and make this whole primetime spectacle of it, I don't know, just a little cringy to me. Also, to all the, just within the NFL as well, all the people giving Tim Tebow crap for coming back. And being against Tim Tebow. I'm anti-Tim Tebow on this. Are you really? Yeah. On what route? So Tim Tebow, at this point in his career, needs to go away. Tim Tebow is not as good as the worst tight end in the league right now. And you can maybe, if you were saying, hey, I, we want him for a locker room guy, Urban Meyer wants to bring him in as a locker room guy, that's fine. But bring him in on the coaching staff, not necessarily on as a player. He has no business being in the NFL. He has not played in the NFL in eight years. He's going to show up as a tight end, sure. But he ran a 4 seven forty eight years ago. So I'm, I'm going to ask you this, just, just out of curiosity. If Tim Tebow comes back and has a borderline Pro Bowl season. No way. Are you going to eat your words on it? Like, would you? He's not going to have a borderline Pro Bowl season. He's not even coming back yet. Urban Meyer said today that he's not sure if he's even coming in. No, I agree. I'm and just saying. It's a bad look for the locker room. Jacksonville had, finally had their team going in the right direction, and then you're going to bring, at this point, a sideshow in Tim Tebow. 
And that that's where people are coming at it from. That you're taking the job from someone that's actually deserved it. Where Tim Tebow comes back from playing baseball, and just because Urban Meyer's the head coach but, is the reason he's getting a look. Like I said, though, what if he does come in? I mean, Tim Tebow, we know is a fierce competitor. He's you know, gonna. he's been getting his body right for something like this. No, it does not. Doesn't matter. Okay, I I will I'll drop it there because NFL tight ends, even at six four, NFL tight ends are kind of considered small nowadays. He's yeah. six two. He would be the smallest tight end in the league. You might be able to make an argument for him being like, hey, he might be like a fullback. Yeah. Or H-back. even a locker room guy. If Playing that H-back like kind of Josiah DeBarra. Yeah, if, or playing special teams. But I don't necessarily see you throwing Tim Tebow on a special teams. Like, you're not, Tim Tebow's not playing special teams. It's, it seems like more of a sideshow. And, you know, if you even brought him in under the impression that's going to take looks off Trevor Lawrence... That's probably not a bad thing year one. Trevor Lawrence might not have as much scrutiny because there's going to be a side show with Tim Tebow going on. Could be. But at this point, you're taking a roster spot of somebody that's well more deserving at this point. Tim Tebow had his opportunity. But do we know that there's... I mean, there's not a better tight end in Jacksonville right now that I can think of. Oh, I guarantee there is. A I, tight end, I just can't think of the, anybody at the position a tight end, A tight end in the NFL is a tight end by trade. You don't get to the NFL. Really. Oh, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying here. I'm just saying, I I believe in Tim Tebow. Put his body through the work to get here. He if he gets to training camp, and he's something, and he can play at the position. If he's the best guy for the spot, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's more a bad luck on Urban Meyer though too, because Urban Meyer, kind of the knock that he got coming out of college was, is he going to actually understand? Coaching grown men versus coaching teenagers, right? Right. Grown men are not going to take to the T-Bell thing because they're going to look at it as, hey, you have to cut one of our guys now to bring Tim Tebow in. Yeah. Who is a sideshow. And you're bringing him as a sideshow. There's no way that he's anywhere near a Pro Bowl tight end. No, I don't think he is. Like, straight up, I'm, I'm curious how it plays out in the preseason. I think that's probably as far as it gets in the, pre- is it the preseason. Yeah, but like I said, the, do you still bring that in just on your locker room, guys? There's, there can't be guys in the locker room right now that are going to be happy because they have to deal with Tim Tebow being there. I, I don't know. Because it's, it's still merchandise sales, still ticket sales. I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. We have to see it play out. I'm kind of excited about it. I'm a huge Tim Tebow fan as a whole. I enjoy Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's college career. Arguably, is probably one of the best all time. Tim Tebow might be one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time. Oh, without a doubt. But at this point, you just got to go back to doing your broadcasting, get out of, quit trying to be in the spotlight. That's what he's trying to do right now. Tim Tebow's trying to stay relevant by chasing a dream. This isn't a movie, this isn't a TV show. If, if anybody could do it, it'd be Tim Tebow. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to end it with that. If anybody could do this, it'd be Tim Tebow. I would say Johnny Menzel is probably a better athlete than Tim Tebow. At quarterback Colin position, Kaepernick. Maybe? I could say if you put Colin Kaepernick as a receiver, you could probably... It's, that's the same thing. It's the same argument we're having. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Like I said... It just I'm doesn't just, work. I don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying I'm curious to see what happens. So people hating on it before it even happens. I'm not a big fan of. And then two more nuggies I got here. Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I mean, you say all these things about Kyrie, James Harden, whatever... Russell Westbrook is basically the same guy as all those, you know, the three guys on the Nets in one person. No. And Russell Westbrook, I mean, Russell, so everyone is on his wiener 
about, oh, you average a triple-double again. He broke the triple-double record. What's it going to do? They're not going to win. They're not going to be a contender in the East in Washington. So just go back to your first point. You compared Russell Westbrook to the Nets players, right? Yeah. So Kyrie Irving, James, James Harden, Harden, and Kevin Durant. Durant. Kyrie Irving is too much of a head case to be a full success in the NBA. I don't even entirely disagree with that, but... James Harden is incredibly valuable. James Harden left Houston. Houston can't figure out what's what. James Harden doesn't play in Brooklyn. The team doesn't win. Right. So James Harden is incredibly valuable. Russell Westbrook, for his entire career, has not been valuable. No, I agree. But that's what I'm saying. So you've got the a player who is not as good as Harden or Kyrie, talent-wise. Yep. He's a statistics monster who's also a bit of a head case who doesn't win. He can't win. Yeah. No point blank. He has not won anything. He can. I don't think he can. No. He, Straight he's, up. He's, I don't think he can. No, because he can't shoot the ball. That's why he gets so many rebounds, because he bricks all the balls off the back of the rim and grabs his own rebound. Well, that, I mean, when he was playing in Oklahoma City, it's a little bit different than where he is now. When he was playing in Oklahoma City, the offense was designed to get him triple doubles, which is cool on paper. I mean, that's great. Fine. You're never going to win with that, though. This team is a 41 team. Yeah. So you won 50% of the games. They're never going to do anything. He's never going to do anything. He's not going to win a finals. He's never, I don't think he should win another MVP. No. It, he's so overrated. At this point. He, okay, so Russell Westbrook's not necessarily overrated. Russell Westbrook is talented. He's incredibly athletic. He is a star NBA player. I will say that. He's but incredibly athletic. He's not a good shooter. He's not the best player on his team. No, 100%. Bradley no. Beal, and I'm sure you guys don't watch Washington Wizards basketball. As you shouldn't. No, and you have no <laughs> reason to. But Bradley Beal is a top eight shooting guard in the league. Yeah. Hands down. All day. If he was in a right situation, you could make an argument he's uh, probably better than Clay Thompson. At this point, yeah. In 2020, 2021, yeah. Yeah. Bradley Beal is probably, even minus where probably today, Bradley Beal is a better player than Clay yeah. Thompson. No, without a doubt. And in my opinion, Clay Thompson's one of the best all around players in the league. Yeah. No, without a doubt. On both sides of the ball, Clay Thompson's an excellent defender. And people talk about Russell Westbrook. That's not who you need to talk about in Washington. He is not. In t- I don't I don't even know if I'd say he's in the top ten point guards right now, as a whole. No, uh, maybe, maybe top ten. Maybe top ten, but that's more so that there's not a whole lot after not, probably the top seven. Yeah, but no, it's just it's incredibly infuriating. I don't think he he's not that good. I mean, his statistics are great. Sure, fine, but his player efficiency rating was in the toilet. Garbage. His shooting percentage, hot garbage. garbage. So yeah, Turn Russell on, Westbrook turns the ball over all the time. What Russell Westbrick and the attention he gets, Nugget of the Week. The last one I have, and we're going to segue from this to our next topic, is Adam Schefter. So Adam Schefter came out after we had recorded on last week Wednesday and had admitted that his story that he had about the Packers quarterback situation was based on no sources. And I don't know if you've seen the clip or not, Ramsey, or I, I have listening. not. Dan, he's on, so Adam Schefter joined the Dan Patrick show last Thursday. And when Dan Patrick heard him say this, Dan Patrick kind of like stopped for a second and like had to process what Schefter said. And 
like doubled down and asked him, like, are you kind of gave him an out to say, are you sure that that's what you wanted to say? And that you chose to release this when you did? Because he, he deliberately did it on draft day, which, you know, his bosses at ESPN probably said, hey, run this stuff. We have all the eyes on the NFL. We have all eyes on our channel tonight. Run it now. So not, I have not seen the article, or I have not seen the tape yeah. from Dan Patrick's show. So I don't, I'm going to say this, and it might be a little off topic. Is Schefter covering his ass because he wasn't supposed to drop it when he did? I don't is think that Schefter why, had enough to drop it, is what I'm saying. But, so no, so just let's roll back. So yeah. if anyone in the league, especially the NFL, like NBA sources are a little different. You have Woj major and league, Major League Baseball sources are a little different. You have like four guys in baseball and then they, all the, like the regional guys. Right, but there's regional guys. Yeah. In the NFL, there's not necessarily regional guys. It's pretty much Schefter To an and Woj, extent, yeah. Right? Schefter, uh, Rappaport, and like two or three other guys. But yeah. So... This is again. I have not seen the. I have not heard this. I'm just throwing this out there. Are we sure that he's just not covering his ass to try to cover a source? I 100 percent think he. So, so is it, well, you heard it? Is there interpretation there that he could just try to cover his ass so that his source doesn't get out? No, no. Because here's here's the problem. So he says that none of none of the anything that he's reported has been from the Packers. None of it has been from Aaron Rodgers or his camp. So basically this whole story, this whole last two weeks of headaches and people hating Aaron Rodgers or people wanting to jump off bridges has been on hearsay and the, the closing press conference after the Tampa Bay loss. It's 100% based on that. Yeah, but we do know that San Francisco reached out. We know that there was some level of conversation. We know that, and we also know that there's not, this is not the only conversation that's been had. Right, because we also know that Los Angeles had called earlier in the offseason before they traded for Stafford. And I'd have to imagine Denver's probably called since. In some level, I think that, that there's been conversations in the sense that people are you know, seeing these reports or hearing things from you know, third, fourth-party sources. So, not, again, not to cut you off, so I was listening to Colin Cowherd last week, and he had Eric Mangini on, right. former head coach of the Jets, right? Yes. And Colin asked him a question. He's like, how much in the NFL do we not hear about? And Eric said, you would be shocked if you knew it actually was on. Oh, I don't doubt that one. So, I, but, so that kind of goes back to what I was saying, and I'm not trying to do, be whatever, but if all these teams are calling, they know something's going on. Someone's not happy. Someone, the, the story is real enough if teams are calling. So here's what I'll say. We've known for a while that there's uncertainty at the position. Not not in Aaron Rodgers' talent, but just that the way that his contract is structured, and how Green Bay does almost all their contracts. Which is the wrong way to do it. Too, 100% agree, but that's a whole different conversation for a different episode. How Green Bay structures their contracts is it's so top-heavy, guaranteed money, and then it becomes basically lesser cap hits after the first two, three years in extension. So people that aren't really familiar with that, it's basically so they can move off players. If they have to. Very easily without having cap hit. Right. But where that gets into trouble, and like we just mentioned why that's kind of the wrong way to do it, is you don't extend players out, so you tie up your cap space in the year instead of putting your money years down the road. Right. You could have lesser cap hits down the road, and there's so much tied into signing bonus, which was great because that doesn't hit the cap either. It's, it's really good if you believe that your player is going to only be there three, three four years. years. 
So you're not right. the the whole concept of the Green Bay does is not to give people second contracts. Well, and they've had so much, I mean they've had enough superstars where they've been able to take talent, say like a Zadarius Smith yep. or an Adrian Amos, and sign them for more money up front than they were going to get offered elsewhere. Yep. And have that contract be all sorts of screwy at the end, so and ha- just... give them some outs that they need it, and be whatever. So right. Green Bay. What Green Bay does, they'll just cover their ass at the end of the day, just right. so they're covered in case they need to move off somewhere right. for whatever reason. So, I think there's. I know. I think Aaron has said that he wants, especially after how the draft went last year and how the offseason had gone the year before that. I think he's sitting here like I just want some certainty on my contract, and I I think there's some, some talking heads within the organization. This is the problem with how, and I love the fact that the Green Bay Packers are the quote-unquote only publicly owned team. But the problem with that is, is you have guys who are businessmen instead of an owner trying to run a franchise, and you have a board trying to run a franchise. Well, your real problem is... You don't have a, a cutthroat owner who says, I need this to happen now. So the what it boils down to is the Packers want to be relevant. They're not necessarily chasing championships. Right, and... And for so long, that was fine. You know, from two, from, I mean, granted, they were con- championship contention the whole, like, the whole later part of the 90s. But from, say, t- even as late as 2003, before the Atrium extension, the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, and, and uh, the stadium tours, when you're only open for so many days a year for games, and you don't have that principal owner, you run into trouble. So when you have when you don't have that principal owner with that financial backing, you have to be running as a, basically as a property business and try to stay relevant. You know, not have that you know as many contracts running around, and not having that cutthroat owner who's going to say at the table, "Bang, I need this to happen now." So there's not as much accountability either because you don't have that owner at the top. You have guys signing their own names to own their own contracts. Well, and that's the thing is that. Eric's getting at it. It's just that it's kind of a, not a push for mediocrity, but it's not a commitment to winning championships. Right. So, Which is kind of sad if you think about where Green Bay stands for. Right. So ultimately, though, so to say, going back to my point, though, to say that there's probably some, I'd even go as far as saying disgruntlement. I'm not sure that's fair. I'm sure there's conversations that are probably a little bit louder right now this offseason specifically, than would be other years. But even Aaron himself, his, his second to last time on Pat McAfee at the end of the season, has said these are conversations that happen every year, and he's you know just saying you know he's at a point in his life where he would want some certainty, but it's not a goodbye to Green Bay like Adam Schefter had interpreted. So to kind of go back to my noogie of the week, and we'll talk more about this in just a few moments here as we kind of turn the table out of the noogie, so Schefter's reporting on all this stuff. And Schefter, 99 times out of 100, nails it. He is a, an incredible reporter as a whole. The problem is, every probably couple of years, he does something just a little shady. Between this, uh, the JPP incident after he had blown one of his fingers off playing with fireworks on the 4th of July, the dude released medical records that he basically acquired from the hospital that broke almost all sorts of HIPAA rules. I'm sure Mel could probably talk about that more than we could. Every once in a while, there's just something a little shady where it's like, okay, he wants the story and he wants a spotlight on him where it kind of taints his credibility. 
And if you're going to be, you know, if you, there's two routes to go in media. And I, I think personally speaking, as somebody who has been a media student, who has a podcast, who's worked on the other side of radio too, there's two paths you go for being an on-air talent, right? You have the option to be a reporter, which Adam Schefter claims to be. And he is, like I said, 90, probably 95, 99% of the time, somewhere in there. So you have the option to be a reporter and an insider, or you have the option to be a columnist and an opinion talking head, a.k.a. your Colin Cowherd, your Jim Rome, whatever. When you start to blur those lines and kind of become the story, you lose all sorts of credibility and stuff like this happens that blows up that as even Ian Rappaport had said today, the stuff, the situation in Green Bay, and I'm going to say this on our podcast, is not as dire as it seems. We've had multiple people who are familiar with Aaron say that the situation is not as dire as it seems. So when Schefter comes and breaks this on draft day, when he can choose to drop it whenever he wants to, and does so on the biggest day of 32 young men's lives, not a good look for me. Big time nugget. One quite, I don't know if I even put it in the dumpster fire. I think we're going to see as this plays out more how bad this looks. But it's not a great look for a guy who claims to be a journalist. I Time's going to tell. So if there's a decent chance that he's right, there, there's a, there is in what a chance. chance. I there's just want to ask him, in what sense? That he's right about something. It just seems too oddly specific to be complete bullshit. So it's not even that it's complete bullshit. Because I don't, like I said, I don't think that it's even 110% that, like I said, it's not false. There's, there's definitely contention. So, okay, if this, if, so everyone knows this is what's going on. Why has Aaron not come out and said, hey, this isn't true? He doesn't need to, though. Okay, but if, if, so if Aaron's truly committed to coming back to Green Bay and truly committed about being here, wouldn't you come out and say, hey, I didn't say that, these things are not true, discredit the whole thing and the whole thing goes away? So here's why I'd say that he doesn't do that. Because one, I think he's doing that through his buddies, a.k.a. James Jones, a.k.a. John Kuhn, A.K.A. A.J. Hawk. So, okay, but you might think he's doing that. However, Aaron, if, if it's me, right, mm-hmm. and someone comes and reports that I died, the best thing that I could do is come out and say, no, hey, I'm, look, I'm alive. We're good. Right, but... So Aaron has the power to do that, but Aaron's not done that yet. But the other part of that, though, is that he's also in contract negotiations right now to get that extension. So when you come out and say, no, I'm happy as a clam in Green Bay... He doesn't have to say he's happy, but he can say he can simply come out and say, I'm in current contract negotiations with Green Bay Packers. The fact of me being disgruntled and wanting to leave is not necessarily true. Or or he can just come out and say the Adam Schefter reports is not true. So I so again, this is gonna be I think this is a lot of up for interpretation type stuff going on right now. And this is just how Aaron is as a whole, from everything we know about him. When he was negotiating his last extension, right? The one that he signed, what, two off seasons ago? Mm-hmm. All he said about the matter was that James Jones was going to be the one that breaks it. That's all we knew. And I think that's okay. And I think that when you have these guys like James Jones, you have these guys like A.J. Hawk, John Kuhn, who are saying there's work to be done, but it's very doable. And it's, it's at a point where even, like I said, even Ian Rappaport, who's that NFL insider who's reporting these things and not just making up a story that he sat on all offseason – 
We're even on, like I said, Pat McAfee's show today, Ian Rappaport talked about the schedule release, talked about this today, saying that there's a very high likelihood this works out. And then Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for Green Bay Packers. Sure, it might work out, but I mean... So I, I guess I just I don't see what what card Aaron has to say. You know, if he comes out, I mean, the only thing he does is, you know, all these fans who are, like I said, either at a point of wanting to have him kick rocks or are trying to jump off the legal Frigo bridge. There's really very, very few people in between. What good does that him well, do him either way? Pe- that's because people are fans, though. Well, right, I understand that. But what good does it say to come out and say that when he's in the middle of negotiations? For his perspective. I Like I was saying off the air to you, I think it all boils down to Jordan Love isn't the guy. And that Goody botched that draft. Well, if he did, though, why wouldn't the Packers just give him the contract that he wants? Because I think the Packers were going to. That's fine. And if that's the case, if we're sitting here you know, later in a couple months, a couple weeks, or even next offseason that happens, and they said, yep, Jordan Love's not the guy. That's why we brought in Blake Bortles, which we'll get to. We can get to now. Yeah. So the Packers, you know, just kind of talking about this quarterback situation. We're, this isn't all we're going to talk about this episode. We've got a couple other things to hit on. Uh, actually, quite a bit of Wisconsin stuff to hit on. So we'll try to keep this short. Uh, Blake Bortles comes in as a camp arm. Um, you know, I, again, people, everybody and their brother freaking out. Are we sure it's a camp arm, though? I could, would say but with probably relative certainty. I feel pretty confident we have Jordan Love on the depth chart. He might be. And I think that's kind of your first step to admitting maybe you're wrong about Jordan Love. And I don't think there's a problem with that. I, I personally, I'm on the side of Jordan Love could be the guy. I have yet to see anything that kind of sways me one way or the other as a Packer. And really at this point, I hope that he, like, and I'm pretty negative on Jordan Love. And I'm more than happy to eat every single word I've ever said about him if he comes into preseason and just lights it up. Yeah. And I, I would be more than happy about that if that's the case. Without a doubt. I don't think that is, though. Like I said, we have nothing to base that on one way or the other. I'm just saying, just based on even tape I've seen of him at this point, because I know since we've been talking about these conversations, I've kind of been looking at Jordan Love tape a little bit. And Jordan Love is kind of streaky. He has moments of looking really good, and he has moments of looking really bad. And for what that's worth, that can be corrected. So the biggest knock on him is his decision-making, right? It's the interceptions. I think he kind of, as a quarterback, kind of has an out on some perspectives of these. Like I said, when you look at that junior year with the lack of talent around him, trying to be still maintain being a first-round draft pick, trying to force things a little too much, I think if you're in a situation where you have a degree of certainty, maybe that comes down a little bit. And you have way better talent around you in the NFL. Even your worst receiver on your NFL team, on the worst NFL team, is still better than anything he would have played with at Utah State. Yeah, but you could probably make the same argument on Zach Wilson. I think Zach Wilson looks a lot, he translates a lot better, I think. Uh, and they're from I'd, a, I'd have to watch more Zach Wilson tape. Zach Wilson has... I, I'll, I'll admit, I have to watch more Zach Wilson tape before I'll have a take on that. So I think with Jordan Love, and I, you might be able to comment on this, I don't necessarily think he looks as natural as I want my quarterback to look throwing the ball downfield. See, I, I disagree with that. I think Jordan, he, so Jordan Love, to me, and this is why I'm so high on him, and I'm, I'm kind of curious why other people aren't. I guess maybe it's just my perspective. I'm just going to say I was right about Aaron Jones. So, Are you really right on Aaron Jones, though? I would say so. I was, on, I was high on him as a rookie. 
and I wrote a very good scouting report about. Oh, him. I thought I about the contract this semester. Yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, as a player, what he developed into from what he was drafted as, he's always been my dude. So what I'm saying about Jordan Love, when you watch, and these are just highlight films, right? So we don't really. It's not like the true tape. Mm-hmm. When you watch Jordan Love highlight tapes, there's a lot to be excited about. He's a very natural pocket passer. He has a big arm, so it's not the arm strength that's an issue. And the accuracy itself isn't the issue. Like I said, it's the decision-making. And you can see elements, you know, in, especially even in the highlight tapes where it becomes a highlight play because of how risky it was, kind of like Brett Favre. But you can see a lot of plays where there's the accuracy of the arm isn't the problem, it's just sometimes where he throws. So there's a lot to be excited about, and if you can get them trained on, you know, the reads to make and being NFL open, open versus college open, there's a lot of promise there. But I guess that, that, like you said, with the NFL versus college open conversation, even with Mac Jones, I think that's the knock that Mac Jones had, and that's why I fell to New England, is that when it's pretty easy when you're throwing to someone in college that's always wide open. Yeah, Matt Jones had a great senior season because he was playing with two NFL top 15 picks that were always open. Right? right. So that's college open. Once you get to the NFL, you're playing with defensive backs and defensive coordinators that you have to start throwing people open. Yeah. And I think that would be what I'd say about Jordan Love, too, is that I don't necessarily know if he can do that at, from what we have saw of his tape. There's so some far. hesitancy there. I'll give you that. So, but to kind of talk about the quarterback situation whole, we you know we we don't have a whole lot of developments on Aaron Rodgers other than like I said that there's been lots of positive talk here lately, until the Blake Bortles news broke and then everybody in the Packer Nation went right back into the dumpster. Um, like I said, I think this is a camp arm. So, but so even even if it's not, then maybe you're having your decision made about Jordan Love. But Blake Bortles was probably a top. 15 backup in the league, even if it's not just a camp arm. He is a good, solid veteran backup. So I'm just saying, if you if Aaron Rodgers goes down, right, and right. we have the choice between Blake Bortles and Jordan Love on the roster, right, I feel fairly confident that Blake Bortles can go in and win a game or two to keep you in playoff contention. I I don't disagree with that. What I'm saying by him being a camp arm, though, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to OTAs, probably not going to mini camp. That's just what veterans do. So the fact that you only have one quarterback on the roster, you just need people to throw balls. So there's that element of it, and I think it's actually kind of a, a good nod to Aaron Rodgers probably being in a good spot because if you needed a quarterback that bad, Blake Bortles is not your answer. He's not your stopgap quarterback, temporary guy. He's you, not your bridge. Are you sure about that, though? Blake Bortles kind of has a similar play style to Aaron Rodgers, not near as talented. And obviously, I'm a reckless with the ball, but a big guy that can move around the pocket that has experience winning in Jacksonville. When he, Last time we saw him on a really good team, he was a lost in, or beat Pittsburgh, lost in New England to the Super Bowl Someone champion. Day, yeah. So if you threw Blake Bortles as the starting quarterback for Green Bay today, that's probably a four win team. However, that's still four wins that I think play Bortles could get you if you need them to. See, I, I, like I said, this is without knowing how good Jordan Love is because we haven't seen it at the NFL level. I Like I said, I, I'm not buying into this one way or the other. It's not believing in Jordan Love or saying that Aaron Rodgers is out the door. Like no, I, said, I think this is a third quarterback to have at camp. A cheap quarterback who's going to come in that has talent 
he was a first round draft pick. Yeah. Like this guy isn't of some scrub. He's a relatively talented quarterback. To some degree, yeah. So I, I go back to this whole com or com we go back to the whole conversation we've had before. I don't think the gap from like quarterback twenty in the league to quarterback fifty, those guys are all relatively interchangeable. Some are obviously more talented than others. That's why they're at right. twenty and not fifty. However, I don't. Once you get to twenty and beyond, those. If you guys, if those quarterbacks are winning or losing, that's not based on them. That's based on if the teams the team around them, them yeah. that they can just control enough and not turn the ball over. I, I don't even disagree with you on that, but like I said, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything to buy into one way or the other here. No. It's a guy to bring into camp. It's a guy to have an extra arm. Worst case scenario, backup quarterback. Right. Best case scenario, I, I, I'm pretty confident that uh, Blake Burles is not going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. At any in point this season. New Orleans, right? I would, I would say Blake Burles is not going to be the starting quarterback of the Packers at any point this season. I don't know if I'd say that. I don't think he's going to start week one. Probably, he's not going to start week one. I can say that without a doubt. But, barring injury, of course. That's kind of what I was going to You know, we talk about an injury, you can see him play. So, all said and done, I mean, there's nothing to really wet your pants about there. No. Uh, Packers also brought in two other, or they're having tryouts for two other quarterbacks. Uh, Chad Kelly... Uh, the nephew of Jim Kelly, who is most known for sliding in Mia Khalifa's DMs one time. Yep, and she shot him down quick. Hard. Yeah. Hard and quick. That was not good for him. I'm sure he wanted that to happen. Happened in the wrong way for you, buddy. But he had a pretty successful career at uh, Old Miss. He, he was okay. He was there with, what, DK Metcalf and those guys back in the day. Yeah, he was okay. And then something called a Kurt Benkert. What the, what the expletive is a Kurt Bankert? Like, that's the other guy they're bringing in for camp. Again, what, what did he play? That is, I think he was the backup for the Falcons at one point. Nice. So I don't know what a Kurt Bankert is. I had no idea where he went to college, but that's your quarterback situation. All right, so NFL schedule came out today, so we can talk about that here. Uh, 17 games this year as opposed to the quote-unquote normal 16 we've been so accustomed to. Why did we break that, that, by the way. I'm not a big fan of that either. Go back to 16. It was just such a nice rounded number. Like mm-hmm. this is so kind of clunky. Even looking at the graphics they had to do, it doesn't look right. But either way, um, so why don't you say we break that down just a little? You know, do maybe a quick win loss prediction here where we're at uh, on May twelfth before we really know how the roster shakes out. So week one, we will be America's game of the week on Fox, playing in in New Orleans. Against the Saints. That will be a win as long as Aaron Rodgers is starting quarterback for Green Bay. I would agree with that. I think that's going to be a, a game that Green Bay really, I don't think they should tr- really even have in question if Aaron Rodgers is starting quarterback. So for the rest, we're going to go through the entire schedule right now. We are going to assume that Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And if not, we have content later to come back to. Exactly. So this is so, our as on, the roster sits right now on the record opening way too early NFL schedule prediction. Yep. So we both have the Packers going one and zero against you know week one win against the Saints America's game of the week kind of a coming out party you know all the talk over the off season Aaron Rodgers comes out probably throws three or four touchdowns probably big win for Green Bay everyone's happier going into week two a Monday night game. 
playing against Detroit. That'll be a win as well. Should be a big win. We're looking at 2-0. Oh. Week 3, short-ish week. We look at traveling out to Santa Clara for the San Francisco 49ers. Sunday night football, all eyes on Green Bay. The team that had given them so many problems the 2019, or, yeah, 2019 season. 2020 Green Bay went in, kicked the crap out of them. Lots of injuries there. We don't even know who's going to be starting at quarterback for San Francisco. We assume Jimmy G to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramsey, you said you were thinking loss here. It's going to be a loss. I don't think David Bakhtiari is going to be back at that point. I think the offensive line could have a little bit of struggles. That defensive line in San Francisco is still really good. As of this point, I don't think we've really solved our run game issues. I think that's defensively, going to, right? Defensively, defensively, okay. Yep. On the defense side of the ball, I don't think that's a game we're going to win. Because we got to be somewhat realistic. I don't. There's nothing that Green Bay has done to this point to make me think they're going to win that game when San Francisco is going to be as healthy as they're going to be coming into Week Three next year. Right. Uh, being realistic, I mean, you sit here and you can talk yourself into wins for just about every game. No team's going to go seventeen and zero. I can't talk myself into two on here. Um. I'm probably going to say they take a loss here as well. I, I know this makes for compelling content for the listeners, but I, I do agree. I think that whole aspect of uh, not having Bakhtiari back or not quite you know, being 100% mm-hmm. uh, could harm the team or not having that full chemistry. Uh, this is a kind of a good little trap game where you kind of come in off last year, you know, how bad you routed them. Um, all eyes on the Packers, all eyes on the team again, you know, Sunday night football. If they win, I won't be surprised, but if I had to pick, I think they lose that game. Then we go to week four with playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another game that is going to be America's Game of the Week. That's your gold package game for you season ticket holders, our Milwaukee fans down there. October 3rd, week four. I think that's a win. I'm also going to say win. Coming off, I think it's going to be somewhat of an embarrassing loss to San Francisco. And there's going to be some questions. Teams usually respond pretty well. And especially Green Bay traditionally doesn't play well when they go west. The last, Not few, as the last years, few years, yeah. they haven't really played well going west. So they're going to come back home pretty fired up for that Pittsburgh game. I, I don't think, think Pittsburgh's at, like, as that big no, anymore either. But that's still going to be, that's early enough in the season that that's still going to be, a, that's going to look like a big win at the time. At the end of the season, it might not be a big win anymore. Right. But it's going to look like a big win. So we both have three and one. Uh, week five, we look at with the Bengals in Cincinnati. I'm not too worried about that That's one. That's going to be a win. Should be a, should be a win. You know, you can kind of maybe talk yourself into a trap game there. Maybe Joey B comes back from that ACL injury. Looking at Chicago the week after. Maybe. Yeah, looking ahead to the next couple of weeks that, because there's be a, a win. gauntlet coming. So, yeah, so we're at, what, five or four and one? Four and one. We'll play Chicago week six. That's a noon kick. That'll be a win. Should be a win. I mean, they don't. They probably don't have their quarterback situation figured nope. out. I think the biggest question going into that game, that's probably when your Justin Fields conversation starts. I think Justin Fields will be a little later in the season. I haven't seen the Bears schedule yet. I'm going to guess probably around week nine to 12, somewhere in there. They'll get a bye later. And... Like I said, I, I think that's where your conversation starts, though. Is maybe that's the last week of Andy Dalton starting? Maybe I think the you see Justin starting. In in season though, in season. Yeah. So it should be a win. You're looking at five and one, and then you're playing host 
to the Washington football team week seven. Noon kick. That's going to be a tough one. I think that's going to be a loss because they're going to be looking forward to the next few weeks. I'm going to say they take one more win here. This is where our first variation is going to be. I think it's a close game, though. I think Washington's defense is good enough to keep them in the game. Like a lot of what we saw actually mm-hmm. against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I can't. Who's their starting quarterback right now, though? That's the only problem I have. It's magic, baby. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Well, throwing bombs all over Jair Alexander. I think they win. So I'm at six and one if my math checks out. Yeah, six and, and one. Two. You're at five and two. Week eight, traveling out to the desert. Short week, Thursday night football playing the Cardinals. I think they slip up here. So know, I think this is going to be a win. And they're going to win here. I, yeah. I, I think this is like, a, you know, kind of that short week. You're looking definitely ahead, you know, to the Kansas City game in week eight or week nine, excuse me. Traveling out west in a short week is, especially after probably a very physical game uh, in week seven. I think that's a good trap game. I think that Kansas City, or excuse me, that San, or Arizona speed, easy for me to say. Arizona speed might be a little bit too much for them on the short week. I think they lose there. So we're both sitting essentially at 6-2. and two. Yep. Week 9 is Kansas City in Kansas City. This is one of those games where... So this is going to be your, your primetime game in Kansas City, probably on CBS if I'm guessing. Uh, I, I'm going to say they lose. I, I don't think this game is close. In week nine. I think if they played them again later in the season, it might not be the same. But that's about three really tough weeks in a row. And you're going to be on a West Coast trip. Like, that's, that's not an easy game. That's going to be a tough game to get up for. This is the game, and you're kind of looking at the schedule... This is the biggest question mark game on the, on the schedule. Oh wait, for me. there's a buy in between there. No, that if you look at the bottom thing, oh, like week thirteen. 13. Um, really, not a great graphic the Packers made here, but no. <laughs> I digress. Um, so week nine, if you told me the Packers won that game, like if you told me right now that you're from the future, the Packers win that game, would I be shocked? No, I'd have a lot more questions for you on how. I think Kansas City's offensive speed, especially when we have so many questions about the defense, we don't even know really. I mean, we know an example of what the scheme is going to look like, but we don't know how that's going to portray to the current roster. If you told me, like I said, if you told me right now, Green Bay wins that game, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't pick it. I would be. So we both say they lose that game. So we're both sitting at six and three. Right. We come to week 10, Packers come back home to Lambeau to play the Seattle Seahawks on another 325 kick. I think that's, they're gonna that's a the shit all the Seahawks. big win for Green Bay. Yeah, and that's gonna, they're going to go home and they're going to answer some questions that people had over the last few weeks, and they're going to look really good. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, so we're looking 7-3. and three. Yep. Great, great content we have. We've I had know. one difference. Really? I mean, yeah, well, or two technically, I guess. So, then we go week 11, first trip to play the Vikings. That one's in Minnesota. And that's a win, too. That should be a pretty good win. I, I can't I mean, I can't really talk myself out of that. No, I think that's going to be a win. I think the Green Bay is going to start rolling there right about that point. I would agree with that. 
because you kind of come off that gauntlet. You're, you know, you, you have a full week. You're not quite at that bi-week blues where you're looking ahead just to that yep. bye week a little bit. Um, so yeah, that should be a win. So that's eight and three. Yep. Week 12, kind of that week before the bye, playing against the Rams at home, November 28th. That's going to be a win. Playing I also think that's going to be a win. Green Bay in December, that's going to be a win. November. Or, nope. Yeah, basically yeah. it might as well be December. Probably but December. Uh, I think that game could be a lot closer than people expect. But at the end of the day, I mean, Matt Stafford can't win in Green Bay. He has a hard time doing yeah. it. Uh, there's a lot of talent there, but I think Green Bay also matches them very well for talent. Uh, we saw that the last time we saw the Rams, it was in the playoff game, granted playing down a quarterback. Green Bay's offense is just too good for their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just point. what's going to happen. Um, by week, week 13, so we're both sitting at the bye week at 9-3. and three. Yep. And then we get to the, the real stretch run here that determines where this team's going to go. Chicago, week 14, I think Matt LaFleur gets his first win coming off a of bye. That's going to be a win. At Lambeau, December 12th, looks like Sunday night football again. I think that's when flex scheduling is probably going to take place. That game might not be the Sunday night game. Oh, that'll be the Sunday night game. Could be. I don't don't know what else is on, you know, for week 14. Doesn't matter. Green Bay, Chicago, that'll be the biggest draw probably of the year. Could we see Justin Fields by that point? Yes. I'd probably agree with that. Justin Fields, I'm going to say, is probably playing by week 14, coming back to Green Bay. So that's week 14. So basically, I mean, we're sitting at that point, you know, still 10 and 3? No. Yeah, 10 and 3. So at that point, I believe we're a playoff team. Yeah. 10 and 3 probably gets us in. Yeah. Week 15, travel out to Baltimore to play the Ravens. Um, That's a loss. I'm going to say that it is too. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I think Green Bay is a better team than them as a whole. That's, we're going to come off a tough stretch coming out of a Chicago game that's yeah I think that's gonna be probably a loss I think Lamar Jackson's gonna have some problems I think he gives them problems um what I would say though is that you know at some point down this stretch run they have to lose at some point yeah I mean if they win the last five games out of the bye would I be surprised no would I pick it to happen right now no I think that's the game that they could lose and I wouldn't you know people sit here oh darn you know Kind of looking ahead here, I guess that's where I would sit, though. That's probably the mm-hmm. game they lose. It's kind of one of those trap games where Green Bay is probably the better team. But they're kind of... But just it, you lose some games that you're yep. the better team in. That's you just the way to, the NFL gonna, is. Yep, you're going to lose a game or two. And then we look at Christmas Day, Lambeau Field, Frozen Tundra. I fully intend on being in that game. I think you said that as well earlier. I really want to be at that game. Cleveland Browns coming to Green Bay. I think that's a big win for Green Bay. They play pretty well in the holidays like that. Yep. Um, that's me. That's I, lo- I love. Draw, you know, we have our discussions about this. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna get into this. We have some difference in opinion about that Cleveland Browns quarterback. He's hot garbage. I think he's pretty good. That's not top fifteen in the league. I think he's pretty good. I think he's better than that. He's in that probably eleven to twelve range. Either way, either way, not the conversation we're having right now. Not the conversation we're having right now. I think they win that game pretty pretty convincingly. I think it's a good game. I don't think, just because of how their roster is structured and who they have on that roster, I don't think Cleveland's 100% healthy at that point. Just if there's nothing to point to that they would be. If, if they lose that game, it's on Baker. They're, the rest of that roster is 
this whole season for Cleveland, not to get off on Cleveland talk, but the whole season now is independent Baker. He has no excuses. There is not a weak spot on that roster. I would the, agree with that. The weakest spot is the quarterback right now. I'd have to look at their roster. I maybe the secondary. Cleveland is in a good spot. This is going to be the I think the truest test of Baker Mayfield as an NFL quarterback this season. Oh, they get Kansas City week one. That's fine. In Kansas City. That's fine. They're going to get bull raced. That's fine. As a whole, though, I think it's a, this season is a big test for the Cleveland Browns organization and Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback in the NFL as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like, if he wants to continue to have an NFL quarter or NFL career, this season is going to be kind of what determines where his career goes. Yeah, because there's no excuses this year. Right. He's got the same coordinator for the first time, same coach for the first time in one his career. One of the best offensive lines in the league. One of... Great receiving core. Probably one of the two best. Two of the best running backs in, the fo- in football. Mm-hmm. Pretty stout defensively up the middle at the very least. So I guess we'll see what happens with Cleveland. I think Green Bay wins that game. Week 16, or week 17, excuse me. Uh, we look at going hosting Minnesota. That's a win. Sunday night football, that should be a win. You know, we're I think we're going to pick Green Bay to sweep the division again this year. I think they're going to lose to the Lions on January 9th, week 18. For what reason? I don't think... I think they're going to be... So, we looked at the rest of the schedule. We had them at... I think I have four losses, five losses. So, 12 and five. I don't think that game matters. That's fair. I think that, if, if that's a Blake Bortles, Jordan Love, whoever game... I think that that Minnesota game at the end, I think the Detroit game, both of those might not matter at that point. I think Green Bay's going to probably have the division locked. We have them somewhere around 13 4, 12, 12 and 5. five. 11 and 6, worst case scenario. I, I don't see 11 and 6 happening, not with the, how the schedule comes out. Right. So at that point, they're either going to be, they're probably going to be a top three seed. Right. So I, I'm going to guess, I'm not seeing anyone else's schedule, they're probably in contention for the number one seed. If they have the number one seed locked up, Going into week I, 18. I think that might be the case. So, you're going to, again, that's completely just off the wall, not looking at anyone else. Right. I think they're going to look at that one seed probably pretty close to locked up at that point. Probably going to one seed going back to the playoffs. So, that game, Detroit, that's probably the one I'm going to say. Probably not trying all that hard. Like I said, that's a good spot for Jordan Love or, or Blake Bortles, whoever the backup is. Even that Minnesota game at the end of the year might not be a bad place to get a drone love start. Minnesota at home. Yeah, depending on where the, the roster's at yep. and where the season's at. I mean, so assuming, yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Um, I think it's really going to depend on, on how the other, you know, how the rest of the NFL is doing. Like I said, if they're playing for number one seed against Detroit, it's a big win. Yeah. Doubt. If they're playing uh, to, you know, just kind of, on coast mode, not that NFL team takes coast mode, but they do. Mm-hmm. Kansas City did most of the year last year. Yeah. So, would I be surprised if they dropped that Detroit game? If there's outside factors, no. If they're playing for something, you know, we, you know, for that seeding, that's a win. Even that Minnesota game, though, that may be a trap game, too, coming off Cleveland, having Minnesota at home. Minnesota gets our number every couple of years. 
another guy on last year, but this year might be another one. You're looking at it, and well, they might you know, have a lot to play for at that point. I don't think Green Bay is going to. We're sitting here, and you know, we're talking about this. With let's just say the outside perspective of some reason Green Bay is playing week eighteen with something to play for. Again, not looking at any other schedules in the NFL. Matt LaFleur has to this point, you know, based on how our projections go, has lost one game in the division in three years. You gotta think at some point that, you know, maybe Minnesota sneaks one or maybe Detroit gets one, whether even if they're not at full strength, or you know, if Green Bay is at full strength, maybe they sneak that early season game, or maybe Chicago gets one. I don't I don't see where that happens anywhere on this schedule the way it's laid out. I would say Green Bay is gonna if But you, just statistically, just to go six and all or six and all, five and one in the division, two straight years, and straight then do six and all a third year, that's something special. See, now we're talking about before again though, and I've said it before on this show. I'm not a hundred percent sold on him to begin with. He wins the games he's supposed to. He loses the games that are big primetime games. Seems like his coaching play calling gets a little tight when it comes down to primetime games. Or big playoff games, big games in San Francisco. Big games, the floor seems to shrink a little bit. So, I'm calling you out, Matt. I Prove me wrong, bud. I hope that we can play this soundbite in December and I'm looking like a chump. But, to this point, you seem to shrink a little bit in big games. And who got the best case scenario for week one? Besides maybe Green Bay? Oh, I think Green Bay did. I would say Jacksonville. Jacksonville plays Houston week one. Bing. Trevor Lawrence era starts on 1-0. and And then 17 losses in a row. Eh, I probably wouldn't go that far, but... Wouldn't that be something? I mean, he comes in the NFL week one. His first regular season game, he still gets a win. So to that point, you can still say college or high school, college, and pro. He's an undefeated quarterback in the regular season. Yeah, that'd be badass. That'd be wild. I'm I'm rooting for that narrative and that narrative only. I, Besides the Packers, we, we always go back to it. I think Trevor Lawrence is honestly. There's probably a very few quarterbacks I'm taking over him to start a franchise right now. Not seen him play in the league. So. Right. So with that, that's our Packer talk. I said twelve and five. 13-4, very believable, very doable. Like, this is, you know, Ramsey and I would say a pretty, you know, neutral, you know, not getting carried away by, as fans. Not sitting here, 17-0, and 0, baby, let's go. No, I, I think that 12-5 and 5 is probably a very realistic goal for them. I, if I'm Green Bay, if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm going to walk in this, uh, what's 1265? Walk in 1265 tomorrow, and I'm going to say, hey, Twelve and five. That's what we're shooting for. Well, he should say there. Yeah, we're shooting to go seventeen and zero. You know, we're, we just want to go one and zero every week. I coach speak, but but I think Matt Lafleur is secretly behind him and his coaching staff sitting in the room. They're looking at it like, hey, we go twelve and five, we're sitting pretty well. Yeah. So we go from that. Uh, maybe you may, maybe you know, maybe you don't know. NBA playoffs coming close. Uh, we can talk about the Bucks here for just a moment. Uh, probably talk about this maybe a little bit more next week, especially when we have the full crew here. They'll be getting some NBA playoff talk. This is one of my favorite times of the year. NASCAR's hot. You get NBA playoffs. Yeah. It's no, just a good time of year to be a sports Hockey fan. playoffs. Baseball's ramping up. Hockey? Yeah, man. Lots of stuff going on. But, so, as a whole, though, I mean, we look at 
where this team's going to be at, um, as the Milwaukee Bucks, that is. I have to find where they are in the standings. What second or third seed in the East right now? I mean, they've they've been red hot lately, sneak sneakily, in my opinion, red hot. They are the three seed in the conference in the Eastern Conference. So there's the seventy sixers, Brooklyn, the Bucks, Atlanta, Miami. Then you have New York sitting at six, and then your play-in games are Boston. It's seven, ten. Nine, eight, right? So it'd be Boston, Washington, Charlotte, Indianapolis. Yeah, would be how that breaks down. And that's just a one game, one and done, right? For that playing game, or those two playing games, or is that a two out of three? To be honest, I don't know. That's probably a probably a Justin question. Where the hell is he at? The playing games, are, <laughs> they changed that rule this year, and I, to be honest, I've kind of been not focused on the NBA. So that dude, same. So, so this is probably like so this is not the episode to talk about this, but uh, the Bucks as a whole, I think, are kind of in a good spot. I think they're playing their best basketball this season. So the Bucks are behind the Seventy Sixers and the Nets, correct? Yep, they're at the three seed. So Bucks fans, listen to Uncle Rams. I know, I know a thing or two when it comes down to the NBA. Giannis is limited. However, they are going to match up very well with Brooklyn. Yeah, that. Don't be afraid of Brooklyn. That team cannot play. You know, I believe Giannis is averaging 47 points against the Nets this year. I'm going to be honest with you, Ramsey. I really think their best or their biggest test would probably be whoever they play in the second round. Because, you know, we look at it, if things play out right now, if things play chalk, right? Because the NBA mm-hmm. typically plays chalk. Yep. With a few exceptions. 76ers play Charlotte because that play-in game is probably, you know, like, so let's go, we go chalk, 7-8. So as things stand right now, Philly gets Charlotte, which, fine, that's pretty easy Philly's for them. Philly's going to roll them. Brooklyn gets Boston, which I think is actually going to be really entertaining, depending on where Brooklyn's at, cohesively. Uh, Jalen Brown is out for the rest of the year. That's probably not that big of a series. As big as that's we true. it to be. Right. Nets are probably going to roll Boston. And then we look at Milwaukee playing New York, which is a tough matchup for them. And I tell you what, watch out for the Nets. I don't know if you Got any of the Lakers game last night? The Knicks. I don't yeah. know if you got any of the Lakers game last night, but the the Knicks play hard. Tim Tub Tim Thibodeau. It's embarrassing. Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau. Excellent defensive coach, and that team plays hard. To my knowledge, they've actually had the Bucks number all the fall season too. Uh, trying to find when the last time they had played each other. Um, I think I'm gonna let's go back to March. So the Bucks did win their last uh, timeout against Brooklyn. They had won, or excuse me, against the Knicks. They won one thirty four to one hundred one. Uh, before that, though, I mean, like there have been some tight games in this series. Or... The Nets or the Knicks are going to play everyone tough. I, that's the team in the playoffs that's going to get there. Kind of like Miami was last year. Miami happened to roll through people, but they played right. everybody tough. Right. And that's going to be a tough out. So then you look at your that's your what your quarterfinal. So then mm-hmm. you look at no. That's your first round. So you look at your quarterfinal matchups. You're looking one versus four. Yeah, one versus four, yep. two versus three. I I do agree. I think Milwaukee matches up very good against Brooklyn. I I would I would say my you're probably gonna have a semifinal of Milwaukee Philly. Milwaukee Philly. Because I think 
I think Atlanta beat or well, Miami Atlanta's gonna be a good series. I don't know how that shakes out. I think Miami's gonna get hot like they did last year. I just don't I've said it before, Giannis is limited. As of this point, there's probably nobody in the East outside of Philadelphia that can match Giannis and be physical with him. That's kind of what you have to do with Giannis to get him off his game. You kind of be physical with him. You kind of have to man him up a little bit. You have to kind of not well, I'll tell you what. The, the Bucks, to their credit, and granted, like I said, we haven't followed them as much on this show as we probably should. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of players develop, especially down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew yeah. Holiday is playing at a great level right yeah. now. Uh, Chris Middleton is what it is. I mean, he's... He is who he is. Yeah. We don't need to go into our feelings about him. But you look at like their even their bench depth. I mean, Dante's kind of tuned it up. Uh one of the bigger surprises of the seasons has been Bryn Forbes. Yep. I mean, he's been exciting to watch. PJ Tucker, great midseason acquisition. You, you really I mean, there's some weak there's definitely weak spots on this team, don't get me wrong. But I think the biggest addition is that Drew Holiday, seventeen points a game. So having a a consistent third score is going to be huge for them. I would say at this point in at this point for the Bucks, the next probably six weeks are some of the most important six weeks of their entire franchise history. You are going to know a lot about where the Bucks truly are because really at this point we have nothing to base the fact that we can trust Giannis to actually show up in a playoff game. Essentially, yeah. We don't really have any evidence that that's actually going to happen. So, for the Bucks to win an uh, NBA title this year, they are going to have to have Giannis show up. Right. And you are going to have to have Chris Middleton, who, again, tends to kind of no-show playoff game sometimes. That's not going to be acceptable. You're going to have to have both those guys show up and play at a relatively a f- highly efficient rate. See, that's what I'm saying. I think this addition of Drew Holiday is such a bigger addition than having... The Drew Holiday is huge. Eric Bledsoe. Uh, yeah, because Drew Holiday, can, he can light it up when he gets on. Yeah. Like I said, though, it, it, the NBA comes down to your stars. Right, it does. And to this point, you were trying to make Chris Middleton into a star, and Giannis is your star. And they both kind of no-show playoff games from time to time. So, you, those, at point blank, end of the day... End of conversation. Those guys have to show up. I think they're going to get to the second round. I do. I truly, or at least, they're going to win a series or two. Yeah. So right now we're looking, like I said, let's say they go chalk. They they pull it out against New York. Then they, like I said, so second round again, assuming things go chalk, would be Brooklyn. It's going to depend on where Brooklyn is as a team because we haven't seen them play together as a I have I would almost that's going to be my lock. I think if Brooklyn if the Bucks play Brooklyn in the second round. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks are going to roll Brooklyn. I wouldn't be surprised about that. Like one not one bit. What I would say though is Brooklyn has a you know you said it yourself it comes down to star talent. Take the off the court side of it too away from it. I mean Kevin all three of those guys, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving are head cases in their own right. So, but in the playoffs, it, so you're missing one important factor. Okay. Since the addition of James Harden, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant played together seven times. No, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's going to so, depend largely on where they are as a team, where they are in cohesively. It's the same thing as the Clippers were last year. There's not going to be enough chemistry for them to. 
You can't figure out your problems in the playoffs. No, I I, I am wholeheartedly with yeah. you on this. I just want to make sure we get to that yeah, point. Like, right. I think it could be a lot closer. I think the Nets star power outshines the Bucks as a whole. If we're looking just one versus one, one versus one versus one. Because we're basically looking at Kevin Durant's better than Giannis. Is that fair? In 2021, I don't think so. Really? Kevin Durant hasn't played, what, like 12 games this year? Something like that. I don't know. Exactly and the last time we saw Kevin Durant, he played a quarter because he left with an injury. Yeah. I'm not sold that Kevin Durant can actually get on the floor and play and be healthy. Okay. And especially, like I was saying with Milwaukee, Milwaukee is a relatively physical team. Right. Say what you will, and I'm probably the biggest Milwaukee critic. In this show, easily, yeah. In this show, possibly one of the highest critiquing or I, I, I'm not a Bucks fan. They drive me nuts too. Bucks fans kind of drive me nuts in general. I agree with that. But so I'm probably one of the biggest critics of the Bucks. But the Bucks play hard, and to beat the Nets, you have to play hard and you have to man them up a little bit. And the Bucks have the players to do that as of today. They're. Depth, and this is where yep. this is where their depth is going to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like I said, I think Brooklyn is so top heavy; they have names that people are familiar enough with. However, I also would say that they also, I mean, this is where having old guys who are names kind of fails you mm-hmm. versus a team that's young, hungry, and probably has better, you know, more t- actual talent at this point. Yeah, as of today, the Bucks I think, are as talented. So let's just say, so we look at, again, you know, let's just say we take Chalk. Where the Bucks upset Brooklyn. We look at probably Philadelphia in that Eastern Conference mm-hmm. Finals, right? Yep. That's going to be a tough matchup, but I'm not convinced that Philadelphia is over the moon more talented or better than Milwaukee. I think that's another team that Milwaukee matches up with very well. See, I disagree with that. I think Milwaukee's going to struggle against Brooklyn, or the 76ers. Okay. I think that that's where, because, again, you're going to have to play Embiid. Right. Simmons will probably be healthy at that point. You'd think so. They're both probably going to be playing at that point in the season. I don't know if Milwaukee's going to have enough to match up with those two guys as of today. And they very well could. I'm going to say they're probably going to lose to Philadelphia in... The semifinals. They'd be the Eastern Conference finals. Eastern Conference. I just Overall that. semifinals, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, like I said, I think they can match up with them pretty well. I know that that's been a, a very... That's actually been one of the more underrated rivalries in the NBA. Yeah. Is the Bucks 76ers. Mm-hmm. Just because of how... They're, they have a very similar front office perspective. You get long, lanky guys who nope. can kind of play those multiple positions. Play a really tough physical basketball... I just have a, you know, I don't want to say, I don't want to take the homer route and say that the Bucks get to the finals. So I really don't see that happening. But the way things line up in this current playoffs, if they can beat the, the Knicks in round one, I really don't see where they lose, though, either. They'll lose in the finals. Whoever comes out of the West is going to be your champion. I don't even disagree with that. Like I said, I just, to get to the finals, if we're just looking at the conference playoffs, yeah, that's right. I have fair. a hard time seeing them lose. At any point. Like, I mean, do they probably lose to Philadelphia? Maybe. Do they maybe lose to Brooklyn? If you said that they did, I wouldn't sit here and shake my head and say, yeah. no, there's absolutely no way. I mean, it's very 
believable. If they heck, if they lose to the Knicks, I wouldn't even sit here and like be shocked. I would be. There is, with Giannis where he is today, there is absolutely no excuse that you don't get to at least the second round. I don't disagree with that one bit, but just knowing what I know about this team, and you know, you know, as we follow them along here, and just being in the state, and just because we kind of get force fed their games more than any other team, would I be? I wouldn't be shocked though. No. But if that's the case, I'm gonna rip the Bucks oh, for without a, a doubt. long time. If without the Bucks, a doubt, really, if the Bucks don't win a championship this year, I'm gonna rip the Bucks. Yeah, it's kind of a championship or bust for me for them. Like you, you've been telling me so long that Giannis is the second coming, the next best player in the league. That you're telling me that Chris Middleton's a true max contract player. People telling me that the Bucks are something special. Like I've heard it for about four or five years now. Right. They're not. So it's championship or bust. It's time that I'll give you the benefit of the doubt one more year. Prove it. But I, I think you, you need to at least get to the finals. And I'm not even sure that's enough for Budenholzer's job. I don't know. If that, that's not enough for me. If you yeah. get to, you're going to get to the finals and get raced. I mean, that's. So we'll, we'll talk probably more playoffs next week with Justin. Uh, before we wrap up the episode, just want to tease for the fans a little bit here. Uh, we'll have Mason back on next week. We'll have him kind of looking analytically at the Packers draft picks because I know Ramsey had talked to, and I had talked about this quite a bit off air. Barring a special guest appearance from, I'm not going to say anything about who I'm reaching out to. Probably going to have Mason on next week, though. If the other special guest comes on, I don't know. Be, my dad's going to be some A-plus material. I think. Yeah. So... Probably have Mason on next week. You know, excellent. Dude, the dude's so above and beyond anything mm-hmm. that, like, just the level of, like, comprehension he has in that scouting department and putting, like, I like to think that I have a pretty unique perspective, especially for this show, of what I think analytically of the Packers because you can, you kind of think about it things as, you know, you detach yourself a little bit just being in media and you mm-hmm. had to, like, look at things critically. He's looking at things at a different level in that same kind of way. Yep. As a scout, as you know, some person, player personnel, I'm excited to have him on. See what he thinks about you know, especially I think the one that we talked about the most is gonna be Eric Stokes. I think I want to do some Jordan Love talk with Mason. Oh yeah, without a doubt, I think he's gonna be really interesting to talk to about that whole situation. Maybe we'll even talk about where the team's at. We'll probably have more news in the next week too. So, and if I'm not mistaken, Mason's a Chase Elliott guy. He is a Chase so Elliott might guy. might do a little bit of NASCAR talk with... Uh, we might just have him on the whole episode. Let's be real. Just do some Mason with yeah. some NASCAR talk. We'll see. Yeah, he'll have a fourth host for the episode. We'll see. Lots of stuff to develop there. Uh, we got a busy week coming up on that front. So with that said, before we wrap up our episode, like we always wrap up with here, what are we rooting for this week, Ramsey? I'm rooting for our boy, Ty Majeski. Yes. Ty Majeski is getting an opportunity with Thor Motorsports in the trucks. He'll race two races for sure? I Yeah, so there's... So with NASCAR, their contracts are really, like, super private. So we're not sure. I've heard four. So from two, what's been I believe, released by Thor Motorsports. Two is confirmed. It's for sure the Charlotte race, and I think it's when they come back to Darlington. Yep. And I, I believe I've heard chatter of two other races that are going to be in there that they're kind of waiting on and... Yeah. But anyway, so Thor Motorsports is kind of the... That is a good team, top to bottom, for truck racing. That's probably the best team in trucks 
they're up there with like Kyle Busch and GMS. Well, you look at I mean, just top to bottom, you've got Johnny Sauter, all time truck, guy. you know. Yep. You've got Matt Crafton, another great truck racer. Couple championship. Johnny Sauter won the regular season championship last year for right. the trucks. Matt Crafton, a past NASCAR truck, truck champion. Series, right. And then I'm just getting because I can't think of the rest of their lineup because they have they have some very high talented truck drivers there. Um, you've got Grant Ben Rhodes too, right? Uh, yep, Ben Rhodes, Christian X, and Grant Enfinger. Oh, that's right. Crafton's gone now, isn't he? No, Crafton's still with the team. They have they have five trucks. I'm looking at their website right now. Hmm. But Enfinger and X split the ninety eight. Oh, okay, that makes... So they have five drivers. Four trucks. Four trucks right now until Majeski gets the fifth truck. Because they're going to pilot a fifth entry with him when he starts racing. Which is awesome. Like I said, that's awesome for Ty Majeski. It's going to be a great opportunity. Local kid. I, if you guys can, go support him. He's, uh, he's one of the most dominant drivers I've ever seen live. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. He is, it's impressive to watch him. And, you know, I, I have limited experience watching him, but from what I have seen of him, he's impressive. He's, oh, I, I'm so excited for him. He won the Snowball Derby this past year. He won the Dixieland 250 two times now yep. down at WIR. We got to see the most recent one, yep. which when you look at who he was racing in that, in that race, I mean, Kyle lots Bush, of Arca legends. Kyle Busch and Johnny Sauter. He won the Snowball against two of those Everybody. same guys. Chase Elliott was in that race, yep. so... Big news for him. Really happy for him. Like I said, we've been a big supporter of Ty Majeski on this show since day one. Right. Even, I mean, really even before, but since day one that we've been recording. Yep. Big on Ty Majeski. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers, uh, who actually just took the lead here in the bottom of the eighth against the Cardinals. Kind of hoping they get back on track. I'll actually be down in Milwaukee with uh, some of my boys. Uh, we have a bachelor party. Not a bachelor party, bachelor party. My buddy Evan, uh, him and his wife are having a kid. So kind of one last gathering with the boys before the baby comes. We'll do some golfing down there. We'll watch some Brewers baseball. Great weekend to be out down in Milwaukee. Four to one lead for the Brewers now. Avisal Garcia just hit a uh, two-run home run. So looks like they're finally turning around. They had gone a little bit of a skid last week. Like the golfing part sounds fun, but like the baseball part sounds Okay, Ramsey. Okay. I'd rather stab myself, probably. Oh, come on. Come on. You're better than that. You're not better than that. Let's be real. Expletive. I've been talking expletive about the Brewers all week. You really have. I I don't get it, but I get it. At the same Every time, time so. I get the opportunity to expletive on Major League Baseball, I'm going to take the expletive opportunity and expletive all over it. You do you. You do you. We'll probably have some more Monkey Knife Fight contests coming out. I'll be repping some Fanatics gear down in Milwaukee and definitely drinking Ray's Energy all the way through. Is there anything else you can drink? Uh, I mean, water is kind What's of necessary. That? Nothing but Ray's. Bush Light, too. I mean, oh, Bush Light. There's some Bush Lights that are downed on Saturdays, especially. But aside from that, otherwise, nothing but Ray's 24 7. Just an IV drip. Just get the. The South Beach just dripping into the IVs. Just pouring on the countertop and snorting it. This is not medical advice. This is not dietary advice. We are not dietitians or doctors, but that's, so that's, the, best way, raise energy. that's the best way to consume raise. I'm not going to sign off on that because technically it's my name on, on the contracts and stuff like that. 
But what I will say, great product, natural build, code root four, repsports.com, R-E-P-P-S-P-O-R-T-S, code root four. Get yourself some raised energy. That's Do episode it. 22. Yeah. I think we flew pretty good solo here. The Ramsey Eric episode. Do we really need Justin back next week? Probably. Yeah, we should talk box. Yeah, we need someone with a little more. And he talks baseball too. I refuse. Yeah, I know you do. I know. But we'll have Mason next week. So do we really need Justin next week? No, Justin, if you want to take the week off, bud. Yeah, be with your I mean, be with your wife, be with you know the kids. Kind of a a, what, kidding, a bachelor party. Yeah, have yourself another bachelor party. Go do that. We're we're totally kidding. We love Justin. We can't wait to have him back next week. But that's episode twenty two. Ramsey's not going to steal your thunder this week. I know. Are you ready for this? Yeah. We are out. See ya. Bye.